The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I want to share with you six ways to think, behave, decide, and act like a hundred millionaire. Now, I say this with humility, but facts are facts. I've done well in excess of a hundred million pounds um, in revenue, and I've interviewed, I would say, a few dozen hundred millionaire, or even 500 millionaire, or even billionaires. So I think I'm well positioned Uh, to distill the traits of the greats, to share with you the thought processes, the decision-making, the actions and the behaviours of 100 millionaire plus individuals, including my own experience. Now, this is not just about making hundreds of millions or being a 100 millionaire. It's the behaviour, the thought process, the characteristics that create the value that creates the millions, because I don't believe you can make millions without creating value. So I have six things I've distilled, if you like, in my research and personal experience over probably now 15 years. Uh, and I'm going to share them with you right now. And it won't take too long. So hopefully it will be, um, you know, uh, concise and hard hitting enough that you can implement these strategies and tactics. So the first thing is um, you need to solve big and meaningful problems. Now, I think sometimes the human nature is that we want problems to go away. We're often looking, aren't we, for the easy route. But in reality, um, people who are worth vast millions, um, they understand that problems are opportunities. Uh, And they understand that when you solve a big and meaningful problem, um, you get rewarded for that financially. Uh, They also understand that uh, the reward for solving a big problem is a bigger problem. Now, this is something that, uh, again, the human nature resists. What do we want when we solve a problem? We want the problem to go away and there never to be any more problems again. I am finally free. Um, When in reality, your reward for solving a big problem is a bigger one. Now, if you embrace that and you understand that and you own that and you actually see that you're, you're always moving up the ladder, And don't see it as, oh, when is ever it enough? When can I stop, retire, relax? Because actually that is not human nature, I believe. I believe one of the purposes for uh, being a human being is to evolve. Um, You know, our our nature individually and interdependently is to grow, to evolve. Ultimate survival is growth. We are not going to survive if we don't grow. So solve big problems and embrace bigger ones and actually have like this sadistic pleasure, this contrarian hunger and desire for the big problems. Give them to me because I can fix them. I can solve them. Uh, And you know what? People want their problems solved. So when you solve their problems, they will exchange money for that. The second thing then, um, if you want to think and behave and act and maybe even become a hundred millionaire plus, is to serve vast numbers of people. And that's linked to solving big problems. The bigger the problem you solve, the more people you're going to attract because the bigger, more meaningful the problem, the more people that are going to be magnetic, magnetically um, you know, attracted to it. 
Um, but it's not mutually exclusive because you could solve a big problem for one person. And that's great. And that's going to really give them good service. But unless they give you 100 million for that big problem, although I reckon, I, I believe a, a bespoke super yacht for Roman Abramovich is probably about 100 million. So there might be, what, a 30, 35 million pound net profit in that. But that's a pretty rare thing. Um, but the more people you serve, so um, the, the Rousing family, um, originally founded by Hans, Tetra Pak is the company. Uh, now that, you know, the packaging for milk and cartons, if you think about how many products that we sell need packaging, um, there, there are billions of people who need to buy products with packaging. And those billions of people might need uh, that packaging every day or every week. So Tetra Pak would serve probably in the end billions of people. Think about how many billions of post-it notes would be sold. That would be an interesting one to do. Um, why don't you um, put a little comment in the Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook group? It's one of the Facebook groups that's... Um, this is going to go on my money podcast, by the way, this episode. So I don't know if you're a member of my Disruptive Entrepreneur group. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see if someone can find out how many post-it notes have been, uh, been sold. Not packs, but notes. Because I reckon it's a billion, billion, trillion, billion. Um, and so you can serve vast numbers of people once or you can serve vast numbers of people multiple times. You know, companies that are worth billions, if I'm looking around here, Procter & Gamble, there you go, they'd be worth billions, won't they? And, you know, any, um, any antibacterial spray or um, if you think about how many products Procter & Gamble own, um, but people would be reusing those, replenishing those daily or weekly. So serving vast numbers of people gives you vast amounts of income. The third um, behavior, uh, thought process, decision is creating fair exchange. So the fair exchange principle is where you get fair profit and fair payment for good quality products and services and the consumer, the buyer, the end user, they get fair value. They get um, you know, a meaningful product that serves, that solves, and they feel grateful that there's value there. So the sweet spot is where you feel grateful because you've done something meaningful for, with your product and service and you've got a fair exchange uh, profit margin and they feel grateful because they feel like they um, got more than they paid for and they felt intrinsic value within the product or service you provided. That's what fair exchange is. And um, I'm going to keep doing content on fair exchange. I've done episodes on fair exchange before because I think that sweet spot is so hard to find for people. Some people are charging too much and not delivering enough and they'd be perceived to be greedy or maybe they oversell and underdeliver, And that's bad for business and, and sustained wealth. But then on the other side of it, what a lot of people do is undercharge or they give too much away or they have guilt around charging or they have guilt around being commercial. And all that ends up doing is building resentment to your niche, your clients, yourself, because you're not making a profit margin. And if you can't sustain a profit margin, it's not a business, it's a an expensive hobby. Okay, point four then is continual improvement. So um, 100 millionaires, really good at fixing problems, really good at taking feedback to improve the quality of their products and services, really good at evolving within the marketplace. Sometimes that's just constant and never-end improvement, which is evolution. And sometimes that's a brand new product and service and a disruption, and that's revolution. So evolution would be the slow, natural growth. 
um, the reinvestment of some of your profits into improving your products and services, into uh, creating a better service, into um, listening to the needs of your market and feeding that back in, staying ahead of your competition. But then revolution, which doesn't happen as frequently as evolution, by the way, is where you come in and you do something disruptive, dramatic, contrarian, which makes the world go, wow. Um, and that continual desire for improvement is vital within entrepreneurship and people who are looking to build sustained wealth. Nothing stays the same. If you're green, you grow. If you're ripe, you rot. I believe that was Ray Kroc's quote, and that's certainly true. Um, now, this is why I believe that the purpose of life is not happiness. And this would be for another podcast or video, but a lot of people are looking for eternal happiness. I just want to be happy. I just want my children to be happy. But happiness is a destination, but there is no destination in life. There is only the journey. And because you know when you've got a car, you want a, a better one. You know when you've got a house, you want a bigger one. You know when you've made three grand a month, you want five. When you've made five, you want 10. When you've made a million, you want 10. When you've made 10, you want 100. There's always someone with a higher belt in, in, in martial arts. There's always someone with more following on social media. There's always someone who's sold more books. So the desire for continual improvement, I actually think is the answer to happiness. To be grateful for where you are and what you've done and, and who you are, but also to go, you know what, there's more I can do. There's more people I can help. There's more customers or niches or products or services that I can create that do good. Okay, then point five, how to think, act, decide and behave like a hundred millionaire plus um, is to know that you are worth more, to value yourself. So I wrote a book called I'm Worth More. And that was an interesting journey writing that book because I've certainly helped hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and many of those I've had to help increase their self-worth. And my self-worth has certainly gone up over the years as I've become more successful in business. But one of the reasons why I'm also maybe quite credible to write that book is because I've also ch had challenges with my own self-worth. Like when you when you talk about Rob, the author, Rob, the podcaster, you know, Rob, the multimillionaire, Rob, the business owner, Rob, the entrepreneur. I've got really good self-worth. I know who I am. But when you take all of that away, my therapist says you're just left with Rob, the little boy. And this little boy has not maybe got a very kind self-dialogue to himself. And he wasn't really told enough when he was younger that he was good and that he was valued and that he was loved. And he needs a bit more of that from himself. And if he can get that from himself, he won't need that from other people. <laughs> By the way, she doesn't talk like that, but um, she's certainly trying to get me to connect that more. Now, um, if you look at Adlerian psychology, they would say that the way to have your own self-worth is by adding value to other people because we are an interdependent species. Um, and, you know, we are all human beings, no one above, no one below. We are vertical rather than horizontal authoritarian relationships. And the real way to feeling valuable, to feeling of good self-worth is to uh, help others and to create value. You know, you can say I'm worth more and I'm this and I'm that and you can do mantra and incantations and affirmations. And, I, you know, those things will certainly help. But if you're not doing anything for anyone, you're not worth anything because we all need each other. We all interdependently serve each other. So the more you do for others, the more you feel valuable, the more you feel valuable, the more self-worth you have. And I certainly know when I've maybe um, become a little bit self-centered because I've been experiencing pain, I really believe that um, pain makes us selfish and, you know, because you get inside yourself. But um, when I've, I, I, so I've certainly noticed that I've been maybe a bit more self-focused 
Now, you do need to be selfish in order to be selfless, you know, and you are allowed to make profit um, in order to run a business. If you don't make profit running a business, it's not a business. But I think you want to balance that with helping and serving others, um, you know, and, and giving gifts. And by the way, gifts is not just money. Gifts is time. Gifts is caring. Um, someone who follows me, who's become a remote friend, if you like, um, in that I've never met him face to face, but we've got a really good relationship. He had his fourth heart attack yesterday and I just called him up and we just talked. We talked for 20 minutes and he just uh, and, and I felt really good when I put the phone down because I wonder how many people called him after his fourth heart attack. Um, but I know I was one of them. Uh, and that made me feel really good about myself. So it was both a selfless and a selfish act. Um, and that just made me feel like, yeah, I'm valuable. I'm valuable to this person. And if you do acts like that daily, then it definitely increases your own self-worth. I always wondered why. I've always had this big compulsion that when I'm feeling my own pain, when I'm struggling with my own life challenges, it makes me want to help other people. And I always wondered why. And I wondered, is this just a catharsis and therapy for me? You know, is it just, oh, well, you know, I feel a lot of pain. Maybe, you know, there's some guilt or just some stress. And the, the, a great way for me to alleviate that is to help and serve others. But I think there's something um, greater and bigger at play here. Uh, and I think it's a, a human driving force to make sure that we're all interdependent and we all serve each other because we do all serve each other and we all rely on each other. And without each other, we wouldn't survive because we are we, we are a species that needs each other to survive. Uh, I mean, I look at, for example, babies. Um, and we're one of the very few species where the babies are so reliant on the parents for so long. Some other babies are born and then off you go. Nice one. It was nice having you in my um, my tummy for however many months I gestated you, if that's a word. But you're born and you're gone. <laughs> and that's definitely not human beings. Um, so you, when you value yourself, people value you. When you value yourself, the world values you and then the world rewards you. And if you don't value yourself, you're not going to charge fair exchange. You're not going to charge fees. You're going to give stuff away and become resentful and full of frustration instead of full of gratitude and giving. OK, and then the sixth way to think, act, decide, uh, behave like a hundred millionaire plus is to focus on money, but obsess on value. Um, I wonder if that's a quote that could be of mine. Focus on money, but obsess on value. So there is nothing wrong with focusing on money. By the way, I focused on money much more when I was skint because, um, you know, you tend to fear and think about what you lack. Um, it's like our brain tends to do that to us if we need to fill any voids. So I actually used to think about money way more when I was skint than when I became a millionaire and then a decamillionaire and then moved on to more than 100 million in revenue. Um, so it's OK to focus on money because you cannot master what you do not measure. You cannot master what you do not measure. So it's okay to focus on money. It doesn't make you greedy, doesn't make you capitalist, doesn't make you not caring and not based on service. You know, if you um, maybe had 10 or 12 clients and you did them a job and you, set, you started doing all the work for them and you didn't send them the invoice and you didn't chase them up for the money, I bet you many of them wouldn't pay you because that's not the first thing that's on, my, on their mind. So you do need to focus on money. But if you obsess about money, instead of it being a good servant to you, you become a slave to it. You don't want to be a slave to money. You want it to be a good servant to you. Uh, you know, money doesn't make you happy, but it does make most things better. So obsess on value, value creation, value proposition, value production, how you can serve, solve, care, give, um, you know, what extra you can do and still make a fair profit margin. So uh, let me just summarize then six ways to think like a hundred millionaire to decide to act to behave. Number one is you've got to solve big problems and the reward for big problems is bigger problems and just get used to that and you'll be OK. 
Number two, serve vast numbers of people. Um, Kent is trolling me here. He said that the Rob Moore penis account is only a little account. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. So yeah, number two is to serve vast numbers of people, ever increasing numbers of people. Number three is to create fair exchange environment, fair profit to you, gratitude and fair value to the consumer. Um, number four is continual improvement, whether that's evolution, continual and never ending improvement or occasional revolution where you disrupt, where you shake things up. Um, number five, remember that you're worth more. So value yourself. And a great way to value yourself is to be valuable to others. Um, and then number six is to focus on money, but obsess on value. So I hope you found this money podcast useful. Please do share this around. If you think there's other people that follow you or on your social media or friends or customers of yours that might find this useful, please do share it. I'm trying to encourage myself to ask for more because I tend to not be that good at asking. So I'd really be really grateful if you could share this. If you're watching the live video, share it on your social media. If you're listening to the money podcast, share the podcast around because, you know, my vision is to help as many people on this planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. And then my Rob Moore Foundation focuses mostly on young and underprivileged entrepreneurs. And I think that um, that's a really, really meaningful mission. And I want to get that to as many people across the globe as possible. And whilst I'm doing all right, I've got a lot of work to do because I'm not reaching six or seven billion people yet. So I need your help. So please share this around. Share the love. And I love you. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.